Gather round, friends, new and old, and welcome to uh, the Roast and Toast podcast. We are your hosts, David, Jenny, and Philip. Hello and Merry Christmas. Tis the season. Inching closer and closer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, inch by inch. David, have you encountered snow? Are you living in a snowy wonderland as of this moment? No, we went through some real cold, though. We went through a lot of cold, but no actual snow fell, unfortunately. And oh, dang oh. it. I, I continue my my plugging away on the Polar Express. I lost my voice, though, for a few days. Oh, very and let nice. let me tell you, acting without a voice, not so easy. Not so easy. So I actually oh, had to take, take a day off. So, yeah, that was rough. Okay. I was going to ask, did you did it add to your character to have that raspy voice? I need chocolate. No, that you was know, that simply wasn't doable. That simply wasn't going to happen. I actually had to take wow. it off. My voice was, it was I had no power in my voice whatsoever. Yeah. And even the mic, yes. it just wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen. Nice. Well, I'm glad to see that you're on the other side. I'm glad to see that you're fully I recovered. And, Podcasting uh, without a voice is also hard, so that we wouldn't be here otherwise. Very hard. So it would have been quite funny for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's da- it's da- Philip, Jenny, and David. David, hi. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, Jenny, how are you doing? It's been a while since we've last seen each other. I'm doing good. Uh, nothing to really report besides the same old, same old, working four gigs at once while trying to get all my presents gathered for yes. Christmas Day. Yes. Are you both Are you both uh, fully present covered? Have you no. gotten everybody? No. No. no David? No. Definitely not. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have... I did uh, just get my dad... My dad, his Christmas present. So my family, we do like a, a one gift thing. So each person gets, it's not secret Santa because we don't keep it a secret because why, you know, <laughs> but we do right. each draw a name. So I had my dad and I got his oh. gift. Now I just got to get the girlfriend a gift. Yes, yes. And then, uh, and then my nieces, of course. So your family doesn't get gifts for everybody in, in, in the personal family. You guys just not kind anymore. of just get one for one My person? mom... So that's how that's what we're supposed to do is is one per, one gift for one person, but then but then my mom always gets a gift to put on the the table on the like the Christmas Eve dinner table. So everyone has a gift to open on Christmas Eve as well, uh, and she she basically cheats the system by getting everyone a table gift, which is not oh. anything big. Or, or, right, so it's like a little table gift. So she gets a <laughs> gift for everybody. Yeah. Uh, me and Jenny are still enjoying the uh, the fruits of the labor of recording together as, yeah. as, uh, as this episode, me and her are recording together. And so whenever one of us was like, oh, the other one just glommed on. It was, oh, it was a long <laughs> echo. It was nice. The merging uh, of, of harmony rea- in reaction. Yes. yes. Oh. You, guys are, exactly. uh, you guys are of one mind right now. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Synced. Well, uh, way to go, Mama Hoffman, for cheating the system and spoiling everybody with table gifts. I love that. I do enjoy that. I am on the opposite end of the spectrum from you two. I'm like 99% done with my shopping, but every time I turn around, I'm like, there's just that one more. There's that one more that I keep forgetting because, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it, it just happens who, to, who to land it? that Who's way. the unlucky family member who, who is perpetually forgotten by you, Yeah, Philip. say their name. Say it. Say their name. Well, actually, this what, what the actual issue is not Christmas presents. Christmas, I'm done. It's the birthdays. I have not only myself, but I have oh. my younger youngest sister 
and my my stepdad, who all all together have just both I completely forgot about birthdays, and so I every time I turn around, I'm like, oh, there's that one. Oh, there's that one. Yes, that, I that actually I reminds forgot. me. I I have no birthday gift for you, Philip. We'll see. Maybe I'll come up with something oh. in the next nine nine days. We'll see. Um, you are easily forgotten, though. What can I say? <laughs> what, can, what can we say? It's all right. This past year, I, I nearly missed yours. So it's it comes and it goes. It's all right. Well, I actually, now that I think about it, I, I will say now, if you're listening to this episode, make sure you tune in next week because next week we're going to be opening our gifts that we got each other yes. from a few episodes back. We each gave each other a word and that was supposed to inspire a gift. And so we, we each have our gifts. So that, that'll be next week's episode. So make sure you tune uh, tune in. And we'll have some fun there as well. Yes, please tune in and tune in T- to tune this. Tune in, me. won't you? <laughs> tune in. Oh, it's Christmas. It's Tuesday. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Onwards and outwards. We put up out a poll on social media because we wanted to review a Christmas movie as part of our four weeks of Christmas. And first we asked for suggestions. The overwhelming uh, most common suggestion for a Christmas movie to, for us to review, <laughs> funny enough, was Elf. Oh after God. Jenny and, yes. and Philip had, had spent a few minutes poo-pooing Elf. Um, but the, the audience spoke. Poo-pooing, uh, throwing poop. Oh, my God. Yeah, the audience spoke, and they suggested Elf. And so we put that up against our nominations, shall we say, of uh, Christmas movies to review. And it was close. It was between Elf and Jenny's suggestion of Violent Night. And by Woo! one vote, by one vote, by one it vote. was so close. Oh. Elf lost out to Violent well. Night. So next year, I think we're just going to leave <laughs> well, it to the audience. Thank you, David Harbour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next year, we're going to leave it all to the audience. Uh, We're not going to get suggestions. We're going to leave it all to the audience. I I don't think that's the lesson of Christmas, David. It's a giving season. If we don't give our suggestions... Yes, and we are giving the opportunity to the audience to choose the movie. We will have a Santa's uh, commission. We will have a selection of Santa's things to, to discuss this next year. But... But that does not uh, interfere with this year's selection, which was Jenny's movie, Violent Night, starring David Harbour. David Hoffman, do you have a short little summary for us about what this movie is in case somebody missed it? I wrote, I was writing a summary and I really didn't like my summary. So I'm going to read that summary and then I didn't finish it. So I'm just going to read that summary and then I'm going to wing it. Okay. Here we go. Read it and wing it. Santa is down in the dumps and burying his apathy in the jolly old drink. The presents gotta get where they're going, though, and so he reluctantly goes from house to house, leaving the gifts and enjoying his drink along the way. He eventually comes to an extravagant house and enjoys some very fancy liquor, while downstairs a rich family grovel at the matriarch, hoping to win favorable share of the family fortune. Meanwhile, one member of the family, a young girl, is the only one who really understands the true meaning of Christmas. Her Christmas wish is for her parents to fall back in love. And this is the point where I wing it. Her dad is the son of the the matriarch, but doesn't really want to be a part of that life anymore. And the mom is like, I can't believe you grew up so rich. 
And then some bad guys walk in with guns blazing, kill all the staff, all the security, and they want $300 million that the, the, the matriarch uh, stashed away in the, in the basement or something that she stole, siphoned away from the government. And so the bad guys want the money, and Santa ends up being the John, Mc, John McClane-type hero where he's got to take out all the bad guys and save the day and rediscover his love for Christmas. And that is the movie. Bravo! And that is the movie. Bravo! Yes, yeah. yeah, so if you have not seen the movie, that is the movie. All right. So let's start, as we always do, with each and every, every movie, regardless of holiday. Jenny, what is your bestest thing about this movie, as it was your suggestion? So I, I'm expecting something tremendous. I just get so tickled every time I watch this movie, and I just enjoy the level of creativity that goes into the kills in this movie. There's so many, someone literally, I'm sure like the writer's room, they all just sat down and brainstormed how many holiday items they could use to potentially kill someone. Death by skating, by ice skate, death by icicle, death by Christmas tree, topper candy. star, candy death canes. by, oh, spoilers, death by chimney. Oh my gosh. Like just when I watched this movie for the first time, that was what tickled me the most was just seeing how many, how creative they got with everything when it came to the violence of the night. My thing that I love the most, which is a weird thing to say, would be, I think, the crux of the entire film. I think that this whole film falls apart if the villain does not come through and deliver in this one. So I'm gonna go and say my favorite thing was John Leguizamo. I think he plays a completely incredible villain. Where he's great. Yeah, he's great. I think he has a, a nice, good, dr good uh, yeah. dramatic, yeah. Oh my God! Of course, there's David. Dramatic gravitas. I think that he handled the comedy aspect well. <laughs> I I thought that he was completely fine. And if if that part had failed, I think a lot of the film, especially in a film that so desperately needs you to buy into the fact that Santa can kill, <laughs> I think would make it less less viable, less believable. So if John Leguizamo does not deliver in his portion of that of that of that film, I think that that it's so important that he delivers. So, and and I think he did. So, John Leguizamo, hilarious in parts that he needed to be. I thought that he was a completely delightful time that we always returned to him. It wasn't just a, a groaning out loud. John Leguizamo, my favorite part of this film. David? I would say that the best part of this film, best part of most things that this person is in and one of the only good parts of this film was David Harbour. Uh, I, I really <laughs> yeah. thought that one of you was going to say that. I really thought one of you was going to say David Harbour. So I actually, for the first time in a long time, prepared a backup best thing about this film. You want to know what that was? What? what? What the next best thing that I thought I could possibly muster up as a, as a thing I liked about this film was the Santa suit. Oh! oh. It was a really good Santa suit. I do agree with you. Yeah, because sometimes they make the Santa suit weird. David Harbour yeah. is easily the best thing about this film. He's very charming. He he does he does the character justice. He takes the the character of Santa, but a badass, and makes it like makes it work. So, credit to David Harbour. He is easily easily I think the best thing about this film. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight into. The worst thing about, unless you have comments, Philip. Yeah, no, no, I, that was that was pure. The absolute worst thing about this film is the B 
BS backstory that they gave for Santa. Santa already has a backstory. Santa already has a backstory that that they could have twisted and altered slightly to fit the narrative, but they went and made up this whole bullshit backstory that is completely out of nothing. Who the f- is Nicomund? That like it, there it was a Saint Nicholas who was in Turkey or like ancient Greece, but in modern day Turkey, he was an actual like patron saint. He was a saint. He's not some made up thing okay like nicomund is not like saint nick comes from saint nicholas it was a real guy but they just went with this like a badass butcher warrior guy called nicomund and i'm like that's not like how did that how did that badass warrior smashing skulls become santa explain that to me no i I, i'm sorry it was it was so annoying no i don't blame you it's it's a far pole to explain all of his abilities. Like, it couldn't have just been, like, that he's been around for many, many, many years, and at one point he just, like, picked up sword fighting and karate. Yeah, could, couldn't it know. have he been just... that Santa is just a badass? <laughs> like, he's yeah, a gift exactly. giver, but he also, like, you know what, f- it, I'll pick up a, a hammer and smash some skulls for the good of Christmas. For the good of Christmas. <laughs> Well, I think if we, let's all agree on two things. One, I think that the entire movie does hinge on the fact that you have to believe that Santa could kill. Like that's, that's whenever you first give this an elevator pitch, it's like, oh, we're going to have a Santa kill some people. Okay. How do you get to that? How do you get from ho, 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 sitting in the mall to then killing people? And that leads us to part two of where it's very important that the the child, uh, I forget her name, but the child who this... Uh, Trudy Lightstone? Trudy. Mm-hmm. So if, Trudy. if we do not buy Gertrude. into Trudy, because Trudy is... Gertrude, yes. If she is not in this film, if she does not exist, I think Santa leaves. I think Santa leaves and just is like, oh, wakes up, maybe kills the first few, but then leaves. Like, hey, he'll kill, kill the first few, and then he's just like, you guys are a f- messed up family. I'm not sticking around for this. Enjoy, take your mess and at, go. At first he kills true. because he's attacked. He's like, he, yes, he wants to yes. get out, and he's like, let, just let me go. And he tries to get to the reindeer. He tries to go up the chimney with his little nose, like, snorting trick. Yes. And and he can't. <laughs> and that's the only reason he's in the movie, really. Like, otherwise, he's gone. Yes. He's like, let's go, reindeer. Let's get out of here. This is a mess. Exactly. So, so I think that those two things are so important that once we get to backstory, I think that there does need to be some next level. Otherwise, the Santa Claus that we all know and love... While I think it's hard to buy that he's a killer anyways, secondly, in order to get to next level of inventive kills, needs to have some expertise in actually fighting. Because I think crafting all this stuff, the the very small portion of the Home Alone portion of this, that really, that this is a whole jambalaya of anyways, the Home Alone portion of this makes sense because you know that he's an expert craftsman. What you really need to sell is his idea to now be a skilled fighter of of any sort so so i i'm not i wasn't too upset by that but i can understand where you would be upset dare i say offended david yeah very offended very offended very offended jenny why don't you go next jenny yes what's your worst um i understand the whole thing about how he gets his strength from being believed in i just i really did not like the way that he was brought back to life. It's just the whole him, there's like that whole, um, the fine line of him being this magical being, but he, like, he's immortal, but he's vulnerable. Like I just, 
you would think if someone's immortal, he would also be this right, be be invulnerable. Yeah, exactly. But no, he had to be brought back by everyone believing in him. I just, I it was a little cheesy for me. I, I just didn't like that direction that they went with the way they brought him back. I agree. It just it. I, it wasn't for me. Not my taste. I thought that, and, and that plays very well into mine, is it, I think it's more general. It can be just that there were... I think in order to create this film, a lot of liberties have to be taken. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to take as many plot conveniences as this film does. There's There's a lot of times where it's oh, it just so happens to be this, or oh, it just so happens to be this. Coincidence can, can occur a couple times, but after a while, it's just like, well, isn't that convenient? Yes, of course. How do we, how do we keep Santa here? Well, of course he has to be there. And then how do, we, how do we justify him? Oh, it's because the next thing. And oh, it just so happens that they have a walkie-talkie that connects to each other, but not for the entire rest of the, of the group. Oh, it just so happens that, that these are the, the naughtiest kids that have ever happened. Yeah, I don't know. There's just, there were a lot of plot conveniences that really after a while it's it's so much sugar that i i started to not be able to digest it i'm like okay yep 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 and eventually it does crescendo to the oh he's dead santa doesn't die like there's no way that santa could die unless i don't know maybe this is the sequel that happens though logan this where somebody becomes the next santa because <laughs> yeah, there there needs to be a sequel of this or a prequel some one of the two because i enjoyed this i'm with you jenny but <laughs> uh, the plot conveniences were were got to be a bit much even for me even for technically a holiday film so that's where we go but let's go to the things that i found half-baked and then we'll get to everybody else um i thought the movie is very self-aware and that's fine I actually enjoyed that for the most part, um, and I appreciate the tone overall, but after a while, some of the jokes were so self-aware that it became distracting. Like, uh, for instance, for the one that comes to mind is when David Arbor just says, oh, I, I, I need, forget this, I need to see it. And then he turns around and sees the explosion because he's walking away, and then he turns around and sees it. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, it's Santa, there's mystical elements. It's also like, you're so... it's like w- the grenade waited a long time for him to decide yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. So I, was, I, I just found it to be a bit too self-aware, and at times I would have appreciated maybe just a, a, a scooch less, not cheer, but just comic relief. So that's what I was hoping for. David, what was something that was half-baked for you? Again, only one thing, my friend. Right. This is a, a guilty thing of most. <laughs> like, a lot of Christmas movies have this this problem where Santa is real in the movie, but the parents don't believe that Santa is real. And I'm like, if Santa is real and Santa is bringing all these gifts for all these children, do the parents not question where those gifts came from? It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> so you can't have a world... You can't have a, create a world in a movie where Santa is real and also that parents don't believe in Santa. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Any logical be okay, well where like why do the where do these gifts come from? You know, I got gifts Has any that Christmas my parents film ever successfully beaten that challenge. I don't think any like I I don't for me think it's so. such it's, a trope. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. It's almost it. like, like one it, of those movie know. tropes that you that you just have to give into. Almost like the knocking somebody no, out. If you some, actually knock some, somebody out, it wouldn't help. Or like strangling someone actually takes like five minutes. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I, but I'm, I'm just curious. I wonder if anybody's actually there are movies that, that 
that have Santa who be real, but then the parents also believe in Santa. You know what I mean? Mm. Like adults also believe in Santa in in some movies. But this is one of those movies that tries to make the parents not... But it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. So that irritates me. <laughs> it's a half-baked idea, you might say. One might say Indeed. that. Indeed. Jenny, what would you say is a half-baked idea for this film? I just... the So I did appreciate this movie because of how heavily inspired it is by Die Hard, because I have a special spot in my yes. heart for that movie. There was just times where there was so... It just felt like there was so many references and content from previous Christmas movies that I kind of wish it didn't do that. Like, oh yeah, I get it. This is the Home Alone sequence, and this is the Die Hard sequence. But like, I wanted this more to... Stand alone. I wanted to stand alone. Like, I wanted more standalone stuff for this movie besides all the little, oh, remember this part in Die Hard? Remember this name? Remember this sequence? I do appreciate, though, how... They, like you said, the movie is self-aware. Yes. How they're like, oh yeah, the Home Alone pranks that are played in the movie, those could actually kill someone. <laughs> they got away with it because it was comedy. So I did like how they were like, oh yeah, people are going to get severely injured by this game that Trudy's going to make. I did appreciate that, but there was just, it was too much of that for me. I wish there was more by itself. Especially yeah. now that we're getting into like Disney's renaissance of of remembering everything that they've ever done i think that there is a difference between paying homage and just straight up copying things where it Mm -hmm. it just it becomes lazy where there's there's twinkle in your eye just like oh okay we're gonna we're gonna let that exist as opposed to just straight up recreating stuff Mm -hmm. that uh i i can definitely agree with you on that jenny so I guess let's take a temperature pulse on the room uh, going around. Jenny, let's let's start with you since it's probably the most obvious. Would you, one, recommend others to go see this? And well, two, yeah. Did, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, you did. I'm the one that brought the, this to everyone's attention in the first place. Of course I do. <laughs> and did you enjoy, would you generally say that people should see this film? Yes, I do. Just, despite my opinion that I gave, I do recommend for those who haven't seen it, you should go see it. It is a really good movie. I enjoyed myself when I saw it for the first time. And like David said, uh, David Harbour is fantastic in this. It is, yes. It is worth a watch, period. Yes, yes. You t- totally get lost in his performance and believe mm-hmm. that he's Santa, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, for a palate cleanser, David Hoffman, <laughs> how much would you recommend other people to go see this, I should say? A palate cleanser? <laughs> yes. And- I, I remember when I saw the poster for this film and, and then the trailer, and I was like really intrigued. I think it's a novel idea. Oh. Santa kicks ass. And yet they butchered it. I, I think they made they took a novel <laughs> idea and made it they made it completely unoriginal. As you guys have both mentioned, there's they, it's basically Die Hard meets Home Alone with Santa in it. That's what it is, and it's it's unori- I would rather just watch Die Hard and Home Alone, which are two really fantastic Christmas movies. There's a rumor that Die Hard is going to be remade very soon. Nobody wants that. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I, I really hope they don't. <laughs> Sorry, I really ahead, hope David. they don't mess that up. In fact, I kind of hope they do mess that up because who wants that? But I, I just, I didn't hate this movie. I just thought, I thought it could have been so much better. And I wouldn't be in a rush to see it again. I don't think it's that worth recommending to people. I, I'm not going to be like, oh, you should see this movie. I'd be like, yeah, it's okay. It has elements of good movies, but it's not on the whole a good movie in my opinion. I, for myself, would say that I would definitely recommend it to other people who have not seen it, where I think I will be the medium in between where you two land is that 
I've now seen this movie twice. I don't think I really want to ever see it again. Like, that's where it is. Now, I do want to explore the world. I'm actually, this is a rare film where I want a prequel or a sequel or maybe both. Don't give me I'm, an but, origin again, story of f***ing Nickamund. Nickamund. <laughs> Nickamund, give me that origin story. I do want to see uh, more of this world. It's just for this particular version of it, I'm done. This is not going to be, this certainly does not go to the level of me for like a holiday classic where I think like, oh, I could watch this again every single year that I do have a few for, a few soft spot selections of cinema for. And this doesn't qualify as that. And it's certainly certainly a heavy dose of eggnog to to watch and, and have in that collection. Uh, I don't even think you could really realistically have it on the background. It, it just demands so much attention. So... I don't think it holds up that well for repeat upon repeat viewing, personally. But certainly for the novelty of, of seeing it for the first time, I do think that that's worth recommending to go see. And I think that you will enjoy it. So, I think that's where we all stand. Happy holidays. Jenny, can you give us some fun facts about this film that we can learn more about Nickamund? Oh, ho, ho, I think I could, Philip. I think I could. Okay, so... <clears throat> for my Violent Night trivia, let's start with this. The, on the topic of many, many references of Home Alone existing in this movie, the logo on the catering company van is called, it says Farkas and Dill, and that's the name of the bullies in A Christmas Story. So it wasn't actually Home Alone, but another reference to a holiday film, A Christmas Story, existed in this movie. After Santa, played by David Harbour, takes out some of the uh, mercenaries. The leader, known as Scrooge, played by John Leguizamo, asks whether the protagonist could be a small-town cop with five kids, a reference to Harbour's character in Stranger Things. Uh-huh. Now, the wind, there's, a, there's a moment in the movie where Trudy is looking out of a window in the attic at the house. Um, it's the same window that the character Caesar looks through in James Franco's house in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Wow. I've recently wow, gone on that a, is on trivia. a recap. Yeah, that is. That is. It really that is. is, that is an interesting fun fact. Yeah. Wow. I've recently gone back on a binge and been enjoying that saga. I've, I've, yeah, because the new movie's coming out soon. The new soon. movie's coming out. So I've been we kind should of, review that oh, on the podcast. There's a new one. What do you guys think? What? We might do. There's a new yeah. one. A new one coming out. Yes, I'm. I'm a bit worried because Andy Circus has nothing to do with it. But <gasps> wait, really? No, nothing, nothing to do. With oh, it. now I've lost interest. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I know. I know. For me, that was. It's. I will die on that hill. By the way, Andy Circus deserved an Oscar nom, if not for the last one, certainly for for any of the others. But I, I digress. That's a different battle, a different holiday. Oh, and then um, moving on the on the references party from Die Hard in this movie. Um, there is a character in this movie named Thorpe. Uh, the book uh, from which Die Hard is based, titled Nothing Lasts Forever, was written by Roderick Thorpe. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This film starts out in England, and it makes perfect sense for the timeline of everything. Everything was checked out um, in all locations, as time zones would allow Santa to be already on his rounds in the UK, while it's afternoon in America when Trudy and her, mo when her, and her mom pick up her dad. So it's uh, all, he's already making his rounds, delivering presents while everything is being set up in the timeline for the house in America. All right. I like that. Nice. I like that attention to detail. They, they made a list and they were checking it twice. They, oh, they checked it several times. 
All right. Well, thank you, Jenny. Thank you for the selection of this of this movie. Otherwise, lest we might have actually seen, God forbid, we would have seen Elf. I honestly shudder at the thought. Dear I, listeners, please could, don't let could Philip happen next year. <laughs> we'll see. Don't allow it. Gonna, don't let Philip review this movie. Going to ruin Christmas for all of us. <laughs> Golly. May I help you? You talking to me? I need to talk to you. A little word of advice. You're welcome. Oh, you're welcome then. So our mini segment for this episode is You're Welcome, where we all bring a piece of advice uh, for all of our listeners to take on with them and to use in their daily lives. Mine this week is a little bit of a, has a bit of a holiday theme to it. Getting tired of the classic hot cocoa combinations? Consider switching things up this year. Instead of marshmallows, why don't you throw in some cake pieces instead? I've had red velvet cake pieces in my hot cocoa, and it was delicious. And don't want to add anything new? Dunk your favorite sugar cookie in it. I promise it'll just turn the tides and make your hot cocoa extra delicious. You're welcome. You are very welcome. My God, that's genius, Jenny. (laughs) Genius. Try this combo next time, Phil. Red velvet cake pieces and Oreo cookie pieces. Sublime. Stop it. (laughs) I'm trying to lose weight this holiday season. My God. Whoops. Whoops. No kidding david hoffman get us off something else jesus this one goes out to a lot of the uh parents who are guests on the polar express this season if you are a parent (laughs) of of children only under the age of three as in none of your children are over the age of three do not bring especially the infants do not come to the immersive family theatrical event because your Uh-oh. children are getting absolutely nothing out of this event. All they're doing is screaming, crying when Santa comes near them. It's an unsanitary environment. What are you doing? Go home, wait a couple years, and come back. Please, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, guys, it's getting colder out there. So always bring an extra pair of mittens and gloves. Yeah, yeah, I know it can be weird in some social situations to wear gloves, but it's never as embarrassing as trying to cover up the horizontal charred burn marks you get from sticking your hand in the toaster oven for heat and making a sudden wrong move. Oh, jeez. You're welcome. Well, it's another holiday episode in the books. Jingle, jingle all the way. But let's make sure before we go play to thank some people for this episode. Thank you to Cass and Crossland and Jake Corlang for the music that you hear on this show. Thanks to Ryan Ardell and Josh Hans for a lot of the audio bits you hear throughout the entirety of the show. Thank you to Rudy Chalk for your wonderful graphic work that you get to see in all our social media. And thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Yes, you listening right now. We appreciate you listening and continuing to listen. If you haven't heard any of our older podcasts, go ahead and check them out. They're timeless classics. We even have last year's holiday episodes in there. So if you want a little double dose on Christmas, make sure that you, or any, however you're celebrating your holidays this year, uh, make sure you go back and check those out. Again, timeless, timeless gems all. And uh, make sure that you listen to us on anywhere that you find your favorite podcasts, whether that be Spotify podcasts, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, really anywhere except for Pandora. You know why? Because Pandora can go suck a lump of coal. Ho, ho, ho. Put that down your chimney. They called me Nicomund, and I killed people with my pet bear. <laughs> <laughs>